Boo. You think I'm a good girl? Just wait and see. We're bad girls. This is what we do. I'm the girl that's gonna save your life. Eh, you shot pretty well. For a boy. Can't you handle a woman with a big gun? I put the fun in funeral. I like my men covered in blood. Hail to the queen, baby. I can, and I will. I can, and I will. I'll take a bite out of you. Beware the sirens. Welcome back to another blood-curdling episode of Sirens of Horror. As always, I am your mistress of evil, Alayi Bella, along with... Her sister of sin, Ash Vicious. And today we have our very first and very most special guest... Emily. I don't have a name yet. <laughs> Working on it. Well, we'll give you one by the end of this. Yes. <laughs> well, we'll have it figured out. Um, so, we decided to bring Emily on this episode because, uh, as everybody knows, Ash's wedding's coming up. We were recently throwing her bridal shower, and me and Emily got into talking about Stephen King. I've been a fan for the past few years. I'm still recently into it. For a very long time, I was genuinely afraid to read Stephen King. I'm a bit of a scaredy cat, but it's, it's changing. I'm starting to sort of see the fun in it. Which you're, is, you're the only other person other than Josh that understands my fear of topiary animals by the reading The Shining. I absolutely understand. I read The Shining <laughs> in broad daylight. Told you, Ash. <laughs> I got it? all of the heebie-jeebies and the ghiblies and etc. <laughs> See, Ash, there are other people that find the topiary animals to be terrifying. No, I, I agree with them being a legitimate a legitimate fear. Like, they are they are terrifying. I think what it is, is it's everything you don't see. See, that's what I was trying to describe that recently, is I was like, the the Topiary Animals of the Shining are so similar to, like, the Weeping Angels in Doctor Who. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's the big fear. But off of the Shining, and on to this week's episode. Uh, so this week, we're going to be discussing the movie, Carrie, uh, along with the book. So... Uh, this week, uh, all three of us watched the original Carrie, because mm-hmm. I, I love... The 1976 version. Yeah. I love Chloe, hit girl. That's just who she is to mm-hmm. me. Uh, but I, I kind of just... I've heard things about how they do the new movie that I'm just like... Also, like, Susie Spacek was so good in not being conventionally pretty... It's hard with the girl they got to play, and I forget who played her mom in the new version. It was uh, Julianne Moore. They're yeah. both fucking beautiful. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. no, no. Carrie is not supposed to be pretty. Her mom's not supposed to be pretty. I mean, can no. you imagine trying to make fun of uh, Chloe Grace Moritz at high school? Like, no. Yeah. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. Um, so, I, I've kind of just been like, I'm not gonna accept this. And uh, I've read the book here. So, as with the last few Stephen King ones we've done, I'll add in some... Uh, random points of the book. But for the most part, in today's episode, we're going to be discussing the movie. Um, so, in watch, so I hadn't watched the movie in a long time. Um, so the first thing I noticed about the movie is that it's a very naked Susie Spacek for a very long time. Yeah. Oh, no, yes. Emily, like, uh, I watched it with Emily, and she and I were like, is this really necessary? So much bush! Like, so much 70s I, just bush! Like, Yes, I have, like, I've seen this movie a million times. I fucking love Carrie. Carrie is one of my favorite horror movies. It will always have a special heart, or a special place in my heart. It does have a special heart. It does. <laughs> it beats. <laughs> um, but 
I really could have done without the elongated scene of just hallway of naked women and then uh, very in the shower. Very neat. I feel like every time I watch this film, I forget. <laughs> yeah. And, and every time I watch this film, I'm always like, because I was, Stefan recently watched it. And he was like, yeah, she's naked for a while, isn't she? I'm like, yes, yes, she's, she's naked. Unco- and I get they're trying to make it uncomfortable because then you get like the blood running down her thigh. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you could have like cornered that nakedness. Yeah. In the hallway of naked cheerleaders and. I think it does have to do a lot with the decade it was made in. I feel like in the 70s, especially directors were a lot more brave with what they would put in movies. And people were a little bit more open-minded about nudity. It was, um, well, also 70s was very much the exploitation era of horror. I mean, you have all the the exploitation films coming out of Mexico. You have films like The Witch Cat Seductress and stuff like that. So I think it was definitely kind of a... Because you did get an American kind of tag-along to the more uh, Mexican, Spanish, and Italian films that were doing that very big exploitation over-sexualization. But I also feel like it it does serve a purpose for... um, If you you look at the film, this is the only scene in the entire film that can be considered sexual. Yeah, none of the other scenes were really... Um, I would maybe argue that her taking a bath, but at the same time, like, her taking the bath, like, to wash off all the blood later, that's not exactly sexual. She's not touching herself in a slow yeah, way. Yeah, it's more or less of just, I'm taking everything <clears throat> off and I'm cleansing myself because I'm yeah, covered yeah. in blood. Um, so I, I think it, it does serve a point to be a sexual shot for, I mean, fuck this, fuck the patriarchy, fuck the entire idea. But the idea a woman becomes sexually alive mm-hmm. when she starts to bleed. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a sexual awakening, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. You you are only sexual once you can produce children. Mm-hmm. That's the... One should hope. <laughs> okay, I did some terrible things to my teddy bears in middle school. That's a different... That's a different podcast. Let's <laughs> Same. Yeah, and I'm sorry, if there is any girl that's out there understands the, the teddy bear that fell between the legs around, like, 12 or 13, when you were like, Mr. Teddy. Well, for me, it was a blanket. Couch corners? Couch corners were very interesting around 14. What have you? <laughs> Whatever women, floats your boat. Women Georgie. were creative before we were actually aware. Uh, I see what you did there, Emily. <laughs> listening to this podcast women are sexual very before we bled we thought about sex (laughs) our tickly parts felt good yeah your tickly parts felt good our tickly parts felt good everybody likes to play with the tickly parts Mm -hmm. (laughs) anyway back to Carrie (laughs) (laughs) and now back to Carrie um I think it like because I watched it when I was maybe 11 I'm going to go with this. And, like, I... So, a little background about me. I, of course, you get the talk from your parents. My poor, 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 poor mother got her period 
wearing a white dress oh. at a BBG dance. Oh, at a Jewish Rochelle. dance wearing oh, a white no. dress, she got her period. Oh, dear. I got my period in the shower. Oh, well, that's a good place. <laughs> and I literally remember being like, eh, eh, mom, I, I got my period. And my mom like, walked in and went, fuck you. And I was like, sorry, sorry, like, I'll grab you stuff. But my mom had to have that quick moment of like, really? White dress at a dance. The most, and I got mine, the most convenient way. Yeah. Unless you're Carrie. Well, yes. I mean, that scene, coming from, as I said, I'm still pretty new to the Stephen King universe. It's um, a big one. It's a big one. I'm working on it. This was actually the first time I had ever seen Carrie. Okay. Um, this, I was a, a I'm, I suppose, a, a Stephen King virgin. Ooh. And like Carrie, my blood had run. <laughs> <laughs> That's really bad. Anyway, um, I had never seen it before. I kind of went in as a blank slate, just knowing the rundown that she Girl kills goes everybody. crazy and kills people. Yeah. Um, walking into this movie and kind of not really knowing how it begins, other than the fact that she's teased, mm-hmm. you know, you, you go in and you see this thing that, as a woman, is so completely normal to you. And she, this happens to her, and she's, she has no idea what's happening. Because her mother has never told her. Exactly. And so she does what she naturally thinks is what she should do. She tries to get help. She thinks she's dying. And I've had so many friends who have been in that same situation where they've come from a very conservative family. They've come from a family that views, you know, menstruation as something to be ashamed of. And so they've told me, like, Emily, I thought I was dying the first time I had my period. And it blows your mind to think about that, but it legitimately happens to some girls. And for, and you know, thankfully for a lot of them, they were treated with, you know, like, oh, honey, come here. Here's, here's a pad. Here's a heating pad. We'll, we'll, we'll teach you. Yes, we'll teach you. Whereas, you know, Carrie just tries to seek help. And instead of being like, oh, girl, don't worry. You just got your period. These girls are cruel to her, like unnaturally cruel to her. Like yeah, yelling, "Plug it up, plug yeah, it they up!" And start throwing, throwing tampons, tampons and, pads and pads at her. Yeah, and it's it's heartbreaking. See, for me, like I I had a girl in middle school get her period, and like blood through. I think like her her middle school shorts, mm-hmm. like her gym shorts, and she I guess had come from a very very uh, conservative family because she was freaking out. And there was a girl that, like, I believe I punched, but she, like, shoved a pad in this girl's face at the time. Um, But, like, I definitely have seen women, women kind of deal with, like, that, that social construct of, like, your period either very, very positively or very, 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 very negatively. Like, I've never seen somebody that's, like... I don't know, here's a pad. It's either like, oh, I have a you need a pad? Like, do you not want chocolate? Do you want, like, go grab ice cream on lunch? Or it's like, I've seen women be straight up cunts about other women getting their period. Now, see, that just blows my mind, because you're, as a woman, you're at such a vulnerable place when that first happens to you. You know, you need 
assistance because sometimes even if you know what's happening, your body is just being a bitch to you. Like you're getting cramps, you're getting headaches, everything sucks. But I think that's the idea of, of women that are scared, and you see it very much with the character of Chris. Oh, yes. Of a woman that is never vulnerable cannot react positively towards vulnerability. Yeah. Yes. So a woman that's constantly being a bitch, she's the popular girl in school, she makes fun of everybody, she's this, 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 and this, she's the worst, worst human being. Um, she has no vulnerability to her, so how could she ever react to somebody else's vulnerability? Well, it's a lack of empathy, definitely. Um, so speaking of, uh, the character of Chris Harginson. Yeah. Um, random fact of randomness. Oh, our first one of the night. Mm-hmm. Hooray. We didn't get any of these last week. Um, Nancy Allen, who played Chris Harginson, didn't realize that her character was going to be so evil until she saw the finished film. Oh, Wow. Yeah, that's, that's gotta be, like, oh god, I'm a terrible person. So, like, I just can imagine, like, hey, yeah, my character, you know, my character's the popular girl, so I'm gonna, you know, like, I can imagine the character description is you're the popular girl, you really don't like Carrie, but what, you know, whatever, so she played, she played it how she would perceive the character, and then once the film was finally edited and she watched it, she was like, oh god. She's worse in the book. I can only imagine. I mean, I plan on reading the book, so. Yeah, Um, same. In in the book, uh, uh, yeah, Chris in the books is is way worse. Like, she, kind of in the movie, she works with Billy, who's a lot, okay, that was the one thing I fucking forgot watching this film, the fact that Billy was John Travolta. (laughs) That was distracting, definitely. I was like, oh yeah. Baby John Travolta. Oh, are we gonna dump... Uh, oh, sad. Oh, yeah, I'm just gonna like... I to do a John Travolta voice. I was like, are we gonna dump pig's blood on someone? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God, Chris. You got... I love you so much. Don't call me that. Who's <laughs> Carrie White? Um, but... Uh, Billy in the books is completely different. So, Billy in the books is, like, a straight-up sociopath. Like, he never smiles... He never shows a hint of emotion. Oh, Jesus. He, like, gleefully does this. He's, like, greasy, creepy. He's, like, late 20s in the books. Okay. Instead of being, like, early 20s dating a high school girl, he's, like, late 20s, lives in a trailer. So a sleazeball. Yeah. Like a psycho sleazeball. Yeah. Like somebody you see on, like, 60 Minutes. Yeah, mm. yeah. Like, yeah, that, can, that, yeah. that's more of, like, the character of Billy in the book. Oh, jeez. Um, but, so, Carrie well, has... I kind of feel like they did a tiny, teeny bit of that, like, in the, like, in the movie. Um, like, when, you know, when they're making out in the car, and she says something like, you're such a fucking loser. Oh, he loser. slaps her, like, ten times yeah. in, like, two minutes. Yeah. She's like, you're such a fucking loser. I think she calls him an asshole or something. Yeah, yeah. A stupid asshole. Yeah, she's like, and you're she, such a stupid he asshole. And slaps her and he's, slaps her. Yeah, and he's slaps like, her. don't fucking call me that. I'm not that. And you like slaps her and slaps her. And I'm like, and like I kind of had to think about like his character, even though he's not really in the movie that much. Yeah. But like I had to th- kind of like think about like his backstory in a sense of like why the fuck does that bother you so much and why the fuck are you slapping her so much? Like, did that like is that you know, something that's happening at home? Um, so, I'm, I'm blanking on his name a little bit right now. Um, he, he in the book is a lot more, like, we discussed it, it, he's a lot more like Henry Bowers. Oh, God. Where, like, he came from a fucked up family, he came from the, the poor family, 
he's this... It's not really shown because race really isn't involved in this film. Yeah. Religion is, and, like, uh, the patriarchy is shown. Mm-hmm. But uh, he, he's kind of a Henry Bowers character in the books. Mm. Where, like, he has zero redeeming qualities. He's a straight-up sociopath. Okay. So, yeah. in the movie, that one scene where... Like, when he hits her, there's not really anger. Do you notice that? Like, in the movie? He doesn't hit her, like, mad. It's just kind of a, you called me an asshole, now I'm gonna slap you across the face. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's kind of like, I'm pretty sure, like, again, coming from a fucked up family, his character probably sees that at home. Like, his mom. It's normal. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it seems like he does it just out of instinct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also, like, the film takes place in the 70s. Mm Mm-hmm. And I I don't, like, wanna, you know, it is what it is. In the 70s, it wasn't uncustom to slap your wife. Or girlfriend. Or or girlfriend, or whatever. Lady caller, whatever Mm -hmm. you wanna call it. Yeah. It wasn't seen the way it is now, where, like, if on a TV show taking place in 2018, 2019, if a man slaps his girlfriend, it's, like... That's domestic violence, that's abuse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The film came out, I believe, in the 80s. Um, um, no, it came out, it did come out in the 70s. It came out in 76. Yeah. yeah. So, it, that wasn't something that would have been seen as abuse. Yeah. He would have been seen as a bad guy. Because good yeah. guys don't hit their girlfriends, but it's not... He's kind of just seen as, okay, well, you're not supposed to like this guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's not seen as, like, oh my god. Like, you talk about this in the original version of It with using the N-word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the miniseries, they stay true to the story, which also takes place in the 70s. Yeah. Of Henry Bowers repeatedly uses the N-word. Yeah. I believe, and I'm not 100% sure, in the new version, he doesn't hit her. The character of Billy doesn't hit the character of Chris. Honestly, I don't remember... Did you watch the new version? Yeah. So I I did, I was reading an article that was like, book, film, film. And it was like, doing all three of them. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't really read the new ones, but they did have an article on Billy. Interesting. And they were discussing how toned down he was. Yeah, like, I honestly don't remember that movie too well. Um, I did see it, I I saw it when it came out in theaters, I saw it with Fish, of all people. All right. (laughs) Um, but yeah, like, we, uh, we went to go see it in theaters, and, like, I enjoyed it, but it's, it, again, like, I, it wasn't as prolific as the original. And I've literally, I've literally seen every version of Carrie that there is. Have you seen the TV miniseries? There's a TV miniseries? I did not fucking know this either until today, but apparently there is a TV miniseries. (gasps) Of Carrie. And I was like, how the fuck did I not know about this? When was it made? It was made, like, in the 80s. Interesting. Okay, well, there's there's a project. There's yeah. a project. Because I know there was Carrie 2, The Rage. So, <laughs> I've heard of that one. There's... I've never seen it, but I guess there was there was a... And my only issue is I don't remember what actress plays, like, Carrie, but she hot. Okay. I've only ever seen the cover of it, but it's like, 
very like nineties Selma Hayek. Yeah, with the thick blood. Yeah, hair. So, then, so yeah, that's like the, a little like, black. That's outfit. the second remake of Carrie. So there's Carrie, the original with Cesar Spacek. There's the one that you're talking about. Um, well, I know there was one in like 2001 or something. Yeah, that's the one with Chloe. I think. Yeah. No, yeah, no, no, no. Chloe, Chloe was 2013. Morris, was 2016 or 13? Yeah. Oh, it was 2013. Yeah, no, yeah. there was one with a... I, can't, I don't know the name of the actress, but she was a, a dark-haired actress. And That's, I think, Carrie to the Rage. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, maybe I... Ooh. Okay. And then I read something about there being a TV miniseries. Interesting. And I was like, how... How do I... How do I not know this? I've seen all of the really long... I've seen... Star of the Century, I've seen The Sand, I've seen the really long version of Salem's Lot. How have I not seen a really long version of Carrie? Yeah. Well, well, I mean, so the Carrie, um, Carrie, the Rage of Carrie has, um, the same actress that plays Chris Hargensen. Oh! Or not Chris Hargensen. Um, Sue. That plays Sue. She plays an older version of herself. Oh, so it's, it's the whole idea of the fact that she was pregnant. And stuff like mm-hmm. that. Okay, so is it is it Sue or is it Sue's daughter? That's the telekinetic one in that one, then. I want to say it's Sue's Because Sue in the book, so an interesting thing also about the book that's different than the movie, is Sue and Carrie in the book actually have, like, a psychic connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, in the book, when Carrie's, like, lighting the prom on fire and all this stuff, Sue's not there. Yeah. Sue feels Carrie's anguish. Yeah. So the the Carrie that we were just talking about came out in 2002, so you're one year off. Emily. Okay, yeah. Um yeah, it's 2002 and the girl that played Carrie is Angela Bettis. Okay. All right. Good. You named your daughter Carrie? Hmm. That is a problematic thing. A yeah, bit, a bit. Like, I get it, like, you guys were friends and you felt bad for her, but also, like, I guess she didn't kill the baby daddy, because technically the bucket falls yeah. on, uh, Tommy. on Tommy's mm-hmm. head yeah. and he bleeds out and dies. Yes. So, I, I guess Carrie doesn't cause the death, but Carrie causes everything else. A lot of death still. Well, I mean, despite the fact that I didn't read the book, I did kind of go over the synopsis a bit yeah. and I mean unless you want to talk about this later on I'm willing oh, we, to we, there is no logic to this conversation we ever have I'm 100% <laughs> on board with this okay, so, um, I mean from the synopsis I read is that you know Sue thinks she's pregnant mm-hmm. and yeah. then when she comes across Carrie who's either bleeding out or dying from exhaustion she's dying that's the bottom yeah. line um Something happens, and then she starts to bleed. And so it's sort of left up in the air about whether that was a miscarriage, or she just had, like, a late period or something, or... So, in the... I don't know what version it was. In one of the versions, and I think it's the movie, she bleeds at the very end. Mm -hmm. And she's in the hospital. In the book... I think it's in the 2002 version because it's not in the original. It's okay, not in the so in the, in the original, in, she's dreaming about going to the, the house, and then the hand pops, up. and yeah. the hand pops, and up. she yeah. wakes up and she's all traumatized. Um, and... So in the book, okay, so um, let's just go through the ending because the ending's the coolest part. Mm-hmm. It is. 
Um, and I'll go through kind of the book ending, and then we'll discuss the differences and stuff like that. Yeah. So in the book, um, some really big differences are Carrie actually knows. Um, so, like, uh, for me, like, one of my favorite kind of differences between the book and the movie, just because I'll have my little movie spiel and then we'll go on to this, is Carrie actually knows why Tommy's asking her out. Hmm. Okay. Um, so, like, we're in the both versions of the movie. She actually kind of feels, like, romantic towards Tommy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, she kind of... She connects with them psychically, and she knows he wants to take out Sue, and Sue wants her. So it's less, I want to do this because I like you, and I just want to be normal. Okay. Like, it's, there's no romance there. She just wants to do one thing that's normal. That's understandable. I like that. Yeah. Which I like. Also, in the book, she wears red crushed velvet. Not pink. Hmm. So she does wear red. She wears red to the prom, not pink. Okay. But also, you, you want the shot. Mm-hmm. I can get the pink. Because you want that blood to, like... You want the well, blood to, like, stain the dress. Kind of yes. what, yeah. I, what, I got ba- what I got from that decision in the film, at least for me, was that it was kind of like she goes in with this sort of innocent, The like, pink, because it's pink both, about, both outfits, even in the new one, it's still yeah. that blushy pink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very innocent, very girly, very soft and gentle. Yeah. And yeah. then... She comes out of that prom covered in fucking pig's blood, looking like hell on earth. Yeah. And it's just this sort of, like, it represents everything. Where I think in the book, you don't really have to worry about the visual representations. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. you can put her in crushed red velvet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know, like, mom even even makes the comment, red. Like a harlot or whatever. I don't remember the exact quote. Yeah. But, and then she's like, it's not red, mama, it's pink. Yeah. Um, so... But during the prom scene, uh, how, like, in both versions, she kind of thinks people are laughing at her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in the book, they laugh at her. Yes. And, like, one person trips her. Yeah. Like, well, it is a cruel, cruel, cruel scene, and she actually gets out of the prom. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chris and Billy have left. Okay. And she actually closes it off. Like... And then starts pouring the water in. Hmm. And electrocutes everything and does all that. But as she leaves, um, she breaks power lines. See, I've seen the TV miniseries. I've seen the TV miniseries because I remember watching this. Yeah. Don't remember when. Remember watching it. Yeah. And we discovered that I've actually, I have also seen the TV miniseries. That's the 2002 version. Yes. We've seen this. Yeah. We just don't really remember it. They also, I mean, they do the power line thing in, um. In the, the new version. In the new, do, yeah. the 2013 version as well. Oh. Uh, but in the book, she explodes a gas station. Yep. They do that in the 2013 version. Yeah. Uh, she, but the cool thing that I really love about the book, and I don't, I don't think either one has done this, is she telepathically broadcasts that it's her. Interesting. Yeah, I read that in a synopsis and I kind of was like, oh shit. That's cool. So like, because the book is written as um, kind of how it is like back and forth between like the past and the present. Uh-huh. Carrie's written as Sue telling people what happened, articles about what's happened, newspaper clippings, interviews, and stories. It was very unconventional for the time, too, for it was. Stephen King's first novel, and for it to be in such a strange narrative. That's, I think, what drew a lot of people to it. Yeah. 
Stuff. And I think that's the reason why a lot of his early narratives are like that. Yeah. Interesting. Um, which I personally love that idea. I, I love the broken narrative. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but so she actually, like, televises that it's me. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this. Well, it's this girl you overlooked. This yeah. girl you didn't notice. And I'm going to kill you all. Yeah. Um, and then the book, then she goes home, and they have the scene where her mom tries to kill her. Mm-hmm. In the book, not the first time her mom's tried to kill her. Oh. Her really? mom tries to kill her as a child. Oh, my God. Because the, the reason I knew that there was a tell, there was a miniseries is because in the miniseries, they have the scene where she's a kid. And she's trying to kill her. That's and right. And then she rains rocks down. Oh. Mm-hmm. She literally makes rocks fall from the sky. So... That's the thing, is that, in at least in the movie, in the Sissy Spacek movie and everything, you're sort of led to believe that she just gets this power. Yeah. We're in the book. It's, she's always had it. I see. It's, it's, it grows stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. I feel like that makes more sense. Well, I mean, in the, in the movie, they, they, they kind of did, like, they kind of showed that she had the power before that because she breaks the mirror. But still after the period scene. Yeah, the, so, when you first see her exhibit her power is when she's in the principal's office and he keeps getting her name wrong, calling her Cassie. You no, know, the first time it's the lights when people are throwing stuff at her. Oh, she, she explodes when the lights in the you shower. You know what? I missed that. I was. Oh too yeah, busy. you're right. She explodes when the light. But in the book, it's before. I and see. in the TV miniseries, the they did is they did it, which is interesting because there's actually a group called the White Corporation. Oh yes. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen this film. It stars a very baby Drew Barrymore. Oh. Called Firestarter. Oh yeah, I remember Firestarter. Pre or post ET? Post. Okay. But she plays a little girl with telekinetic or uh, not telekinetic pyrokinesis. Mm. Yeah. But in the movie, there's the White Corporation. It's like a group created after Carrie White. I see. To ah. deal with children with psychic powers. The Stephen King universe weaves its way again. Well, you know, one interesting thing I, I I saw when I was looking up, you know, a character analysis of Carrie and everything. She shows up in the DC universe. <laughs> she what? shows up in the DC universe. She is part of the new Teen Titans. And then gets Wait, brainwashed and joins Cult of Blood. Huh? Huh? Yeah. This huh? is something I... Okay, exactly. this I'm gonna, like, I'm going to read. this in the this comics? Film. In the comics, yes. Carrie White. Carrie White. I, I've yet to really, like, really deeply look this up, but this was something that I was looking through character analyses, and I kept seeing DC Universe, and I'm like, what? So, um, there's a little something you have an open about. computer, please yep. Google this yeah. right now. Uh, this is, this is an immediate Google. So, while she's doing that, I kind of wanted to go over Carrie's appearance, because... Uh, from what I read in the synopsis of the book, she's kind of supposed to be a bit frumpy and kind of... She's very frumpy. She's pimply. She's a little overweight. I forget how Margaret is just... It's her face looks like the ass end of a truck and the rest of her follows. Wow. That is the legit description of Margaret White. Wow. She's always on a very big issue when Julianne Moore... Julianne <laughs> beautiful. What the hell? Yeah. Margaret White. Like, what's up with these beautiful, crazy people? What? But uh, her hair is supposed to be stringy. She's supposed to be kind of pimply. Yeah. She only looks at the ground. She's a little overweight. 
And you know, one thing that uh, did a good way homely. Homely, yes. She's yeah. Not she's not ugly, but she's homely. homely. Yeah. Yes. Which brings to the prom when she sort of starts taking care of herself and she sort of one thing puts that, on makeup. Yeah, she puts on makeup. Mm-hmm. She does her hair. She's sort of looking up. But also, I did read one thing that did kind of trouble me a little bit was uh, the idea that using her powers and all of the energy it took had made her lose weight and therefore made her prettier, which is a very again a very seventies. It's a very old-fashioned concept. I mean, nowadays, it's kind of like your weight doesn't equate your beauty. No. But it was definitely sort of like a sign of the times. I I, I think that's maybe not so much with um, whether or not she was perceived as beautiful, but how she Mm -hmm. felt. Yes. Where, because if you, like, in even the book, Sue and uh, Charles, not Charles. Chris. Oh, Chris. Are described as very thin. Mm. Boobs, blonde hair, brown hair. But they're described as, like, they're the cheerleaders. They're very thin. Yes. So it might be that as she's using these powers, whether or not it's like, oh, I'm burning calories while I light people on fire. (laughs) Burning (laughs) calories. (laughs) But, um, anyway. Well, how do you think I keep my feminine figure? (laughs) Rage. (laughs) Murder. Um, but it might be, like, as she's letting loose these powers, it's altering her. Yeah. To what she wants to be. That and it could be eating away at her. That's a good way to put it. That is so if, if she had survived longer, would she have just become, like, an emaciated skeleton? Possibly. I mean, it doesn't really, I mean, telekinesis, you don't really know whether what physical... And every version of telekinesis yeah. is different. Yeah, it's, you know... I think it just kind of depends on it. It is interesting to have this notion that her abilities do affect her physically. Yeah. So, uh, Ash? So, I'm not, like, yeah, I'm not finding anything about... You know, I guess I'm going to have to look it up again because I had looked up... Because, like, I tried to look up, like, images of it or... We will will let you guys know... Uh, yeah. The next yeah. day. That might this. be something that we share for like it's gonna the have day, to be something I'm gonna have to the day before into. the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> this might be a, a hunt we do over the weekend. It's a very interesting thing to think about. Um, <laughs> but but yeah. so at the at the end of the book for the uh the end of the book, she um she finds Billy and Chris. So she goes back home, mom tries to kill her, she kills mom. She, in the book she actually kills mom by stopping her heart. Hmm. She psychically stops the mom's heart. I do kind of like that because in the film you have this very heavy-handed Christian uh, visual symbolism. I want to say I feel like they did that in the 2013 version, but I don't remember. I'm like, I have no idea. I know they do it in the TV miniseries. Yeah, I know that much. That's that's what I'm probably now that I'm now that I'm like thinking of the TV miniseries. I'm like, it's coming back to me. I have seen all the miniseries of Stephen King's. I knew I didn't let myself down. Good girl, Ella. Good girl. <laughs> I'm so proud of me. <laughs> um, now that I've been an egocentric brat, uh, she finds she finds out that her mom was raped. And yeah. that's how she was conceived. Yep. And after her mom stabs her and all this stuff, she goes to the place where she was conceived and walks in and Chris and Billy fucking. Wow. Which you can just be like, oh, Carrie, you're a psycho bitch, but 
damn, life is not good to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they actually try to run her over with the car. And she steers it into a wall. And the house comes crashing down on her. Sue comes and she tells, she psychically has a conversation with Sue and Sue forgives her. Mm-hmm. And then the book kind of ends with like a state of emergency being called for the city. Yeah. For the town. And the idea is like, there's 12 survivors in this town. Mm-hmm. Everything's on fire. Everyone's dead. Carrie White has taken out an entire fucking town. Yeah. Which, you know, I don't know, I'm just saying, kids right now are real big shits. Maybe we should have them watch Carrie. (laughs) You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue. I really wouldn't. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No. It's it's pretty much the greatest anti-bullying movie. (laughs) Well, you know, one thing I did find out about, you know, in... I was looking up some stuff about Carrie, and um, I kept coming across the idea of Carrie that Stephen King had. One thing I read... I know he based it on people he knew. Two girls he knew in grade school. One girl was bullied really badly. Apparently she wore the same clothes every day until one day she, I guess, had come to school and she had gotten new clothes, and they were, you know, in style, they were very nice... And she got teased worse because of it. So that probably stayed with him for quite some time. And then there yeah. was another girl he knew who was teased, or at least I think she was teased, but she came from a very like fundamental Christian family, very conservative, and I believe she had epilepsy or oh. something. And so, you know, I feel like those two experiences with those two girls are definitely what made him think of the character Carrie. And I think that's that's huh. something that I, I like about King. And, like, for me, I, I don't have an issue men writing women. I don't. I'm a writer. I write men. I think if you are a writer or creator or whatever, you should be able to write. Mm-hmm. I think there are certain subjects. Like, I wouldn't be comfortable with a man writing about women's abuse. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be comfortable with a white, straight, heterosexual man talking about racism. There are certain subjects that, like, no, you need to experience this. Yeah. But um, the one thing I will say that uh, to this very day, I'm uh, reading his newest short story book. Um, but it's it's a short story one uh, he's doing now. And he, he wrote about a woman, like, in, like, 20, late 2000s. Mm-hmm. And I was like, God damn it, how do you still... Like, you, you have a pulse on, I think, not it just being characters. There's one thing to be like, oh, you write good characters. But if you look at Stephen King writing men and women yeah, from the 70s to the late 2000s, the characters fit the age and they fit it well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I did actually want to say is apparently Stephen King initially trashed the rough draft of Carrie. Because he was afraid that he wouldn't be able to get into the mindset of a teenage girl. He doubted himself. And apparently his wife, we have his wife to thank for Carrie. Because she found the rough draft and asked him to continue. So, uh, Stephen King has been married to his wife. Tabitha, I believe. Tabitha. (laughs) Since they lived in a trailer 
in the late 60s. Oh, that is so heartwarming. And she's actually a writer. I forget her her name. And their son is now a pretty big writer, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joe Hill. Yes. His show, I will watch it. I will watch it. Nosferatu. Oh, that's... Yes. That's his show. Oh, that's right. My sister's watched that show. She says very good things. It looks very interesting, the idea of Christmas vampires. Okay. <laughs> that's what I got out of it. That's what I got out of the trailers. Christmas vampires. Yeah. And the girl from Sailor J is in it. Huh. Uh, contour girl. I'm not too poor to contour. Well, not too poor to contour. She's in it, and I'm like, you have me. I will support you Sold. to the end of days. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I like that, you know, we have Tabitha to thank for Carrie. Because when Stephen King apparently had said, like, I don't know how to write a girl, blah, 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 she said, I'll help you. <laughs> I, I cannot count the number of times, like, in, in dealing with writing guys, that I've, like, walked out and been like, Josh, if I did this to you and you were really in love with me or you were really pissed off, how would you react? Like, boy mind. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's the thing when people don't realize is writing, there's a little bit of everyone you know when you're writing. You never oh, yeah. create a completely original character and stuff like that. And having that... I think having Tabitha is the reason why Stephen King is such a great writer. Yeah. Because I think he pulls on his wife a lot. Oh, yeah. I mean, even when reading The Shining, you can tell that he he definitely, when writing, um, oh, God, what's Jack's wife's name in The Shining? I keep wanting to call her Shelley, but that's Shelley Duvall. It's Shelley Duvall. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. Jack's wife. We'll find wow. her in a minute. Um, wow. I know. I feel awful. Um, but you can I just tell. hear, I just can hear Danny, and I'm like, that's... Yeah. You can tell. You're he... drinking from a cup. That, no, the asylum. I thought it said red rum, and I was like... <laughs> You're drinking from a red rum cup! <laughs> no, but you can tell he definitely consulted his wife when writing that character, because no man, at least... Wendy. Wendy. Thank you. Wendy, thank you. When writing Wendy, you can tell... That's, that's a married woman. That's a mother. I'll see, you gotta love a woman that can be married to the amount of bad relationships Stephen King has written. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's gotta get it out somehow, you know? <laughs> I just think after the fourth or fifth book where, like, a husband and wife kill each other, I'd be like, sweetheart... <laughs> Is there something we need to talk about? <laughs> oh, it's like that South Park episode with informative murder porn. Yeah. Yes. But back to Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> we got to informative murder porn and pulled ourselves back. Let's get back to Carrie here. Um, I, I kind of want to hear from you, Ash, mm -hmm. because you and your mom have such a great, really close relationship. Mm -hmm. um, your mom adopted me many a moon ago. <laughs> When I could interpret Ash hand signs. Uh, how did the relationship between Carrie and Margaret make you feel? So, it's funny, like, I actually wrote something about my notes about the differences between the two women, the two older women in her life, in Carrie's life. You have her relationship with her mom, which is totally fucked up beyond all reason. Yeah. Like, you know, she, instead of saying... You know, instead of reacting to, Mama, I got my period, is, oh, okay, let me help you. Like, 
terrifying this poor child, this poor girl, into the fact that she got her period. And then you have the relationship she has with her uh, PE teacher. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, her PE teacher is kind of like the mother that Carrie always wanted to have. She, she's in her corner. Yeah, like, you know, she's like, it's okay, you, you have your period, it happens to everybody, here's what you do. And then, you know, the scene where she, she kind of, she tells her about Billy asking her to the, not Billy, Tommy asking her to the prom. That would be a much different interaction. <laughs> that would be a really yeah. bad, bad ending. Um, <laughs> you know, she, uh, she talks about Tommy asking her to prom, and the, te- the PE teacher's like, yes, like, you know, like. Well, the PE teacher also then goes up to Sue and Tommy and is like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why are you doing this? Yeah. Um, that like the PE teacher is is kind of being that older sister of like, yes, I'm really happy for you. Okay, now run along. Now if you two fucking hurt a hair on her head, yeah, yeah. Where it's like it's it's very interesting to see those two relationships with Carrie. Where it's like the mother she always wanted to have versus the mother that she has and that she's mm-hmm. not happy with because she's a fucking psycho. But um, speaking of the mom. Uh, Piper Laurie didn't actually think that her character was supposed to be a bad character. Huh? Like, she literally thought that, um, so Piper Laurie honestly thought her character was so over the top and fantastical that it wasn't to be taken seriously. Piper Laurie played her mom. Mom. Margaret Wright. Yeah, Margaret Wright. Um, Brian De Palma, the director, had to pull her aside and tell her that it was a horror film and not a black comedy. Even, you know that I can see where she would. Think yeah, that. in a weird way, I'm like trying to imagine Gary as a black comedy now, and I'm like, yeah, that role wouldn't have to change much. Mm-hmm. Even so, she was she would still burst into laughter, burst into laughter after every scene she did because her wardrobe and dialogue were so laughable. That she till this day still says the film is a black comedy. So if you if you ever meet up meet Piper Laurie in a coffee shop in Hollywood, and you say, "So is Carrie a horror movie or black comedy?" She's probably gonna burst into laughter in your face and say, "Oh, it's a black comedy." It's all about perspective. <laughs> I I am suddenly very worried for Piper Laurie's daughters. <laughs> she has any? I'm just saying. I'm suddenly deeply worried if that woman has a daughter. Well, I mean, there's a fine line between you know comedy and horror. Black sometimes. horror. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've shown her quite a few of, like, my favorite black comedies. Um, like, I would consider both Evil Dead films black comedies. Mm-hmm. More yeah. than horror films. Oh, yeah, for sure. And the second one much more than the first. Oh, yeah. The yeah. first one they were still trying. The second one they were like, fuck it! I love the second one, but anyway. Um, <laughs> but I, I think it's it's so interesting how different people kind of react to Margaret Wright. Because, like, I had the polar opposite of a mother, where my mother was very not involved. Mm-hmm. Like, my mom was shocked when she found out, like, I hadn't slept the boy at 16. She's like, but you have all these guy friends. And I'm like, yeah, friends. I like women right now. They can't get me knocked up. That was my main goal. Yeah. <laughs> it's very anti-pregnancy. Don't want to get pregnant, ladies. Sleep with a girl. Um, but my mom was so polar opposite of that. I remember watching it and just being like, 
what? And my mom was raised Orthodox Jewish. Yep. So my mom told me it wasn't so much her mom, but her dad would actually make her read, like, do Jewish prayers if Mm -hmm. the kids acted up. Oh, I see. And I'm like, oh, that is the way you get people that, like, are so against organized religion. And I mean, you even look at it nowadays. I mean, this film, the film was done in the 70s. The book was written in the 70s. But, like, we still got Westboro Baptist. Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, in the 70s especially, you had a lot of people who were breaking away from traditional religion. Traditional religion, traditional marriages, traditional mm-hmm. family structures. Oh, yeah. In the 70s, women, that's when women started going to college. Exactly. Yeah. And they weren't going to college to get their MRS. So, I mean, you could argue that Carrie is a story of empowerment. She is, you know, she's coming into her power, literally. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely, I would say Carrie, in terms of, like, the very first horror films, I think Carrie's the very first American yeah. horror film that's a feminist. Yes. Because mm-hmm. you look at the cast, okay, so far, like, you're looking at 70s, you're looking at slasher films, we did have Black Christmas, which was kind of feminist, mm-hmm. but besides Billy... All of the like Billy and Tommy, and Tommy's kind of the damsel in distress in this film. A little bit, yeah. But the the main villains are women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chris and her mom. Mm-hmm. The main character is a woman. The main like hero support characters are Sue and the teacher, the gym teacher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was a blockbuster film in the seventies. Yeah. It inspired a lot of female horror art, uh, authors as well. Mm-hmm. You know, a I lot know of- the Soska sisters talk a lot about like seeing it at their local drive-in and it being a impactful thing yeah Mm -hmm. well it's just kind of you you realize that this is a girl who has had so much repressed rage that it literally manifests itself into a power and every girl's had that in high school oh yeah i mean i i was teased in high school my sister was teased in high school oh there is i don't think there's a single girl in on the planet who hasn't been in some way made to feel bad about herself in her in her teenage years. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean I got I they tried to send me home to school once because the sleeves on my tank top weren't big enough. And it goes back to this and this is I've seen this a lot recently on social media of distracting clothing on women. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And Guess what? I went to school when boys had their entire asses hanging out of their pants. Oh, yeah. Yep, I remember that, that shit didn't distract me. My bra strap should not distract you. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. If I have to see half of your ass crack hanging out in front of me, my bra strap, you will survive. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, like, even the popular girls, even the ones that you think you know, have it all. Have it all. Mm-hmm. They have a bunch of shit thrown in their face too. Our society punishes women and for was, existing. It was harder yeah. in the seventies. It was definitely harder in the seventies. I could tell you were wanting to say something. Mm-hmm. So I was like, no. Oh. <laughs> I mean, um, so my mother was in high school still when Carrie was written because she graduated in seventy two. So you know, she read Carrie when she was in high school, and my mom was overweight for the time being I look at pictures of her and I'm like you were not overweight mom but you know people were cruel to her they called her mama Cass 
they told her that she was, you know, they would ask her, like, oh, you're Kathy's sister? What happened to you? You know, things that you would never think about saying to someone, but it was just so natural. Mm-hmm. And in the 70s, there was such a, I guess, a need to look a certain way, which, you know, I guess hasn't really changed. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I know my mother, she told me when she read Carrie in high school, she related a lot, and she said that there were certain aspects of wanting revenge against these these people who were cruel. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's something that, that doesn't so much come through in the movie, but is is very, very obvious in the book. And I feel like in the movie, they they were almost worried about putting maybe those tones in there. Because in the movie, she she kind of reacts. Yeah. She doesn't see Billy and Chris have sex and be like, fuck you. They try to drive a car at her and she pushes them off. Yeah. She gets covered in blood, so she reacts to this. And in the book, it's a much more, like how I said, she radiates, it's me. Yeah, I would say... Uh, like, she she wants people to know it's her, as it, it's it's not a, hey guys, I'm burning down the school. It's fuckers. I, Carrie White, am going to destroy every single one of you, and your last goddamn thought before you leave this fucking hellhole will be my motherfucking name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mic drop. Sorry, I just... <laughs> no, I mean, that's exactly yeah, that's... what it is. And yeah. it's, it, as, you know, reading that as a teenager... That, oh. And a teenage girl, no less, who has been teased. I mean, that has to be such a revenge fantasy. It was, I, so my very first, oh. Okay. Uh, no. Okay. No, let's hear you, Ashley. Um, I, it's funny, like, I think I saw, I first saw this movie, the original Sissy Spacek movie, in junior high, actually. I want to say, like, I think it was, like, s- seventh grade. Um... And I kind of had a similar situation where I was, you know, I was always the awkward, nerdy girl that no one cared about. Mm-hmm. And these two popular girls took it on them to be like, oh, we're going to make you over, and guys are going to like you, and da-da-da-da-da. Or no, actually, this was sixth grade. And they then, take off your glasses and remove your paint-colored jeans? Yep. Use all that? Take your hair down and you shake it slowly. Mm-hmm. So I was like sixth grade. This happened. I've seen both sixth grade Ashley. He's adorable. <laughs> oh, I've seen it too. Um, but they were like, "We're gonna make you pretty and blah blah blah." So they put me in like uh like the thick strap spaghetti tank tops. Do you remember those from like the nineties? I'm just I'm like I want to hear Ash's hot. At least what the girl two thousand and one. What was. Did it all come from, uh... No, this was, was still limited the 90s. Two? Limited 2 <laughs> yeah, and Delia. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but no, I this was all stuff... Delia. This was okay. all stuff from this... Like, these girls' closets. I think the only thing I brought was my spaghetti strap. But, like, she brought these, like... How high were the sandals? Platform. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Spice Girl. Yes. <laughs> um, like... Yeah, she put like, the spaghetti strap that I had. Overall, she took my hair off, put my hair in pigtails, put like fucking clown makeup on me. Oh dear! How much body glitter? All of the body glitter. All of the body. And glitter. I'm like, you know, of course at the time, I'm like, oh my god, isn't even guys like me? Oh my god, yay! And then 
I walk out and I literally have like it was during recess or something and I have that carry moment mm-hmm. of everyone's fucking laughing at me. Yeah. And I'm the laughing stock of the school thanks to Nikki Zuko. What a name. Nikki Zuko, tell me if you are living out there, <laughs> tell me you have seven kids <laughs> with seven different dads. We would like a written formal apology, Nikki Zuko. <laughs> also, we would like a written formal apology from your mother <laughs> um, for naming you Nikki Zuko and thus making you into a 90s fucking cartoon villain. <laughs> she had no choice. Her name was Nikki Zuko. That is such a bully name. I'm sorry, yeah. Nikki Zuko, but it is. But I yeah, hope you took your and she had like the, she had the, like, the highlight long hair, the oh, like, like the chunky orange, highlights. Yeah, the chunky highlights, oh the orange skin. Oh my god. Because it was Santa Clarita and that's what the girls look like. Um, but, like, and I walked out of the bathroom and I was literally the laughing stock of the school. And I had that moment of, like, why the fuck can I be Carrie right now and just burn you all? Burn you all to the ground. I, I don't remember what it was. I think it was like a Sadie Hawkins dance or something. But I remember it was like one of the first dances in high school because like I did uh, I stage managed high school. I did all this. Um, and I had a guy that I had dated in like freshman year. He had moved to San Clarita. He went to one of the dances with me. And I remember people being like, oh, is that your cousin? Oh. Is that your brother? Oh my god. Because nobody at school had ever seen me. A, the only skirts they'd ever seen me were black pleated skirts complete with thigh-high black vinyl boots. Yes, that was an outfit I wore in high school. It was great. Yes, I was also solicited as a hooker on Ventura Boulevard in that outfit. Questionable fashion choices. Of high school. <laughs> but I think no matter if you're popular if you're a loser and like i know guys have like a rough time in high school yeah mm-hmm. but i it's think different it's different because i don't think it's it's like maybe like oh you're overweight or you're not cool or you're not this but women are so particular I've read that, you know, with boys growing up, the bullying is more physical, whereas with girls, the bullying is a lot more psychological. It's, I'm going to make a little comment, and it's going to stay in your mind forever. Mm -hmm. And I think that's... I mean, even to this day, it's still like that. yeah. I still, like, it took me, because I have double hips. Mm -hmm. Because, hello, Irish and Italian, my hips are made to carry children. Oh, I know nothing about that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All three women on this podcast, child-bearing hips. We're all Italians. But I've always been very thin. Mm -hmm. Like, I just don't gain weight until you hit my ass. Yep. You all, yeah, you know this. I'm just tiny, and then it's a butt. Um, so, no matter what I do, no matter how much I've worked out, I have my hips, and any more dent in my hip. It's double hips. Yeah. I used to get called Muffin Top when I was five foot three and 90 pounds soaking wet. Yeah. Because I still had that bump. Mm-hmm. And for so long, I would only wear jeans that sat on my hips. 
that would sit directly on the hip bone because you didn't see it. Mm -hmm. The jeans were on the hip bone. I wouldn't wear any form of tight skirt. I would only wear empire-waisted dresses or, like, long, maxi, flowy things. I refused to have anything accentuate that hip. And then I started reading stuff about the fact that, like, the double hip was considered one of the most beautiful things in Grecian culture. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That the double hip was considered, uh, if you were born with double hips, in Irish, that meant that you would have, like, ten kids. Mm -hmm. So, like, you were the wife to have. And all this shit. And I was like, the fuck? Yeah. I have spent my entire life thinking I'm fat. Because I do not have a, like, northern European body. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, the kind of crazy issue is, if, especially looking at, like, America and stuff like that. Yeah. We're supposed to be a melting pot. We're supposed to be all this. But if your body does not look like you are from Greenland, you ain't right. Yeah. I mean... Talking about, you know, little comments and psychological, you know, bullying. Warfare? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> psychological warfare. Let's call it what it was in high school. Psychological warfare. You know, yep. I, I had an eating disorder in high school uh, and middle school. It started in middle school and I ended up getting, you know, past it a little bit in college. But there were years that I felt guilty about eating anything. And it's because it started with... A friend, a very close friend of mine who, at lunch breaks, she would make little comments like, Oh, Emily, are you going to eat all of your lunch? Emily, why are you eating so much? You don't need to eat all of it. You know? And it went from me eating only half of my lunch to not eating lunch at all, to not eating breakfast or lunch at all, to living off whipped yogurt for days. I was sick. I was, I was sick, and I was unhappy, and I went down to about 90 pounds. And then this same girl would go, Emily, you look like a dead person. You're ugly. What's wrong you, you with can't, you? You can't win. You can't yeah. win. And that's, that's the thing is, um, I know we discussed a little bit on this podcast, like, I modeled for a mm-hmm. long time. And, like, I, I ended up at the hospital after a shoot one day. Yeah. Um... And I realized, like, the, the the idea of beauty, even in the 90s, like, while the program Photoshop has existed since the 90s, oh, yeah. Photoshopping has existed since the 50s. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. People have doctored photos for decades. Uh, but the idea of what you should be does not exist. Yeah. And I feel like it's... It's such a hard, like, you talk about, uh, there's a huge movement right now about talking about toxic masculinity, mm-hmm. but I think there's also, like, it needs to be discussed discussing, uh, women unlearning beauty standards. Yeah. Because, like, none of us are a, like, hourglass, perky, perky ticks, okay, fuck you, yeah, Ash has the boots that <laughs> yeah. defy gravity and anger us all. <laughs> um, but... Nobody's body looks like it's photoshopped. Yeah. Because they're not! <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It is... Or fuck's sakes! So, I mean, it definitely... Going back to Carrie, because we've kind mm-hmm. of gone off on a tangent. Oh, we have completely just left Carrie behind in the dust <laughs> and just... Let's, let's... We're social justice warrioring. Let's dig Carrie back up out of the <laughs> ground and just dust her off of it. And just 
She looks a little frail. Yes. This, tying into Carrie, is definitely the psychological warfare that girls have at each other. Yeah. It's, I don't want to be the victim of anyone else's bullying, so I'm going to pick on that girl, and everyone's going to get with me, and then I'm going to be one of the girls. I'm going to be accepted. So, um, you know, same thing with, like, the whole Carrie thing and, like, the whole, you know, body... Like, I want my body to look this way, mm. or I want my body to look this way. Um, random fact of randomness, many of the girls present in the locker room were originally hesitant to appear nude in the film. Valid. Very. But after Brian De Palma showed them the nude shots of Sissy Spacek, they became more confident. So that could be taken in a number of ways. Either it could be, okay, she's not afraid to be naked, so why should I be? Or... They want to be like, I'm hotter than that. Mm-hmm. That's a hard thing to unpack. It, there's a lot yeah. to unpack there. Because like you said, it can be something where like, okay, this actress is so passionate about this film and this means something. Or it can be like, okay, I'm just going to go with like, this has happened to me and Ash. Mm-hmm. Like, when we were in college, we dated if they... So, randomly, if I saw her, also just, I am a gender-neutral romantic. So, people that I care about, I kiss on the lips. Mm-hmm. I'm Italian. Yeah. I kiss you. That's what we yeah, do. Exactly. Um, For a there are certain I points I was more French. romantic <laughs> with Ash, and there are certain points I was more friendly with Ash. Um, but, I, I kissed you at something, and I was like, and I remember, I just hear, well, they did it. And I was kind of like, hmm. And then I heard my name. So I was like, what? And it was these two guys, and it was two other girls from college, that they were literally saying, well, Ash and Ella kiss, so you can kiss. Uh, and I was like, uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. Ah, 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 ah. That is my best friend. I kiss her all the time. That is our fucking relationship. Why the fuck would these two people kiss? You go kiss your friend. You kiss them. You kiss him. Kiss him. Kiss him. Don't want to? Fucking lay off. Yeah. But there's that headspace of if they do it, you should do it. Yeah, that definitely is there. Mm-hmm. But, like, I mean, you know, looking at looking at Sissy Spacek in that movie, it was like, she was attractive. Yeah, well, yeah she had a very nice I was body. very, I always feel so, because she's, I, I know she's above the age of 18 in that mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. But she looks so young. And it always feels so, like... I think going back to how uncomfortable we felt in that first yeah. scene, of just, this is supposed to be a 16-year-old yeah. Well, I mean, like, the shower. scene, like, I'm saying, like, the scene where she drops off the dress to go in the, sh- like, in the bath. Yeah. When it just kind of, like, it does the, like, up. See, that, that scene doesn't bother me as much, because... Well, it no, it does, that's what I'm saying. Like, it didn't bother me. I was just like, well, she's a very attractive woman. For me, that, that scene feels so, like... Almost, like, out of a film that is very anti-God, in mm-hmm. a way. Oh, it, yes. it feels like a holy scene. It, it feels very, like... Well, she's cleansing herself. She's yeah. cleansing herself. She's, I mean, if you want to get into, like, you know, the Bible, she is Michael having smited the sinners. Yes. hmm You know? She's a glorious angel coming back. 
and doing this and seeking redemption literally from the parental figure of saying, I was wrong, I want to come back to God, I'll never leave, I'll be a good girl. She's repentant. She's very repentant. So that scene feels very, like, when you watch old films, like, that are, like, the Greek warrior Mm -hmm. films. Yes. Like, when you get the, the... baths that warriors would take before they would do trials and stuff yeah. like that. Yes. It feels very like that. But the first scene with her with the loofah. Yeah. Why is the loofah there? <laughs> you know, since we've touched on to the religious aspect, um, you know, both of you lovely ladies are Jewish. I am the only Catholic here. <laughs> and I'm a cashew. You're Same. cashew? Okay, okay, okay. But, no, Grandma I was, was a was a, a Italian Catholic. Dad's an Italian Catholic, so I did not actually know it was in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost until I was like seventeen. Oh well, then I just thought nominee Padre Pius Spiritus Sancti. Okay, well, my mother. But I'm not big into it. My mother literally buried Saint Joseph in our front yard to sell our house. Like, she yep. lovingly refers to me and my sister as her heathens. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's nice. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Catechism classes every Tuesday after school. Fun times. Almost got kicked out because I drew devil horns on all the kids in the workbook. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why Emily is on this podcast. Yes, <laughs> nuns hated me. Anyway, so nuns are terrifying. Nuns are actually very terrifying. I don't care what um, anybody says. They're scary. Yeah. Uh, except for the nuns at my first church, at St. Therese, they played guitars. It was very sound of music. Oh. Um, and that's why my parents left. <laughs> that's a different story. You just said it's very sound of music, so they left. <laughs> they said it was tacky. <laughs> Which, you know, I, we ended up moving over to St. Felicitas in Perpetua, where my mother was part wow. of the choir that sang in Latin in a big, big church with wonderful acoustics. So I feel like definitely... I just lost all my Catholic points. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Catholicism, it's fun. <laughs> Are you guilty yet? feel more guilty. Um, well, that's the joke I used to make where it's like, I'm Jewish and Catholic, so everything's my fault and I feel bad. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. So, I mean, growing up with a pretty religious mother... Uh, there wasn't, she wasn't quite so to the level of Carrie's mom. Yes, yeah. okay, I've met her, so I'd be very scared if she was ever like that. She's calmed down. But, okay, so I'm going to say, like, if not, those eyes are hiding some shit. Oh, yeah. No, my mother, she's, she's a sweet old lady until you start getting sinful. And then she'll be like, <laughs> you know God is watching, right? And it's like, yes, thanks, Mom, I know. Mm-hmm. So I will never be around your mother ever again. <laughs> My mom's fun. <sighs> but yeah, so she she did sort of... It was interesting, because on one hand, she would be that, that Catholic lady going, you need to make sure you go to church and you confess. You need to confess. And yet, at the same time, one of my earliest memories was I had asked my mother... Does God love me? And my mom immediately answered, said, of course God loves you. God made you. And I said, but what if I killed somebody? Would God still love me? And she goes, if you're sorry. (laughs) And that was my introduction to everything Christian and Catholic and just kind of, you gotta be sorry. 
<laughs> so it was, you know, watching Carrie. If you feel bad, it's fine. You just make sure you go to the priest and have him tell you what to do, and then do it. Otherwise, you're not. God's gonna hate you. But you know, I mean, learning how to play with a rosary. Oh, well, I say play with. It's and you know, using the whole thing. A lot of people don't know that the beads are supposed to help you count the prayers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why I get irritated whenever I see people just wearing rosaries like a necklace. I'm like, that's not a fashion accessory. I may not be religious anymore, but that's not a fashion. Take it off. God's watching. <laughs> that was that was a whole different side of Emma I've never seen. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's deep in there, but it's like, you're in God's house right now. <laughs> like, stop that. But, yeah, no, I mean, it, it's deep in there. And there was definitely, growing up with that religious, you know, upbringing... You kind of live a lot of your life in fear. Hmm. You are afraid that if you don't repent, if you don't apologize, if you don't face what you've done and ask for forgiveness, you will burn in hell. So it's just, it's a scary notion. Even when you have a mother who's saying God loves you, Mm -hmm. it's like under these conditions... I love you this much. Mm-hmm. Well, in Jews, we, we literally don't have help. I'm a little jealous. We don't have help. We have we have mothers-in-law. I'm not that jealous anymore. That basically put the fear of hell in us. I mean, thinking about mother-in-laws, you know, my mother-in-law, who's full Irish Catholic, she... She is not God. A you have so oh, much Catholic. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me. <laughs> she is not a practicing Catholic anymore. Thank God. But... Her father was part of Opus Dei. Ooh. Literally self-flagellating Opus Dei. Used the belt buckle. Ooh. This man was, from what I've heard, thank God he is dead and I've never met him, he was an awful person. Well, both uh, Josh's moms, his mom and his stepmom, are Episcopalian. 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 <laughs> I will always call them pissed off yeah. aliens as long as they never listen to this podcast. If so, I'm so sorry, Jan and Cindy. Please forgive me. <laughs> um, but they were, they're very, we're Christian. We like Jesus. Episcopalians kind of like Catholicism, like diet Catholicism. That's how Josh described it. He calls yeah, Catholicism very... light. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what it is. I'm it... fine with that. Yeah, it's very chill. Yeah. Um, do we have any more random facts for this movie? I'm curious. <laughs> um, well, I mean, okay, we're on the topic of religion. So oh, I, God. I have a couple based on the religion. Oh, there was one that we found that was actually very fascinating. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, getting, like, traumatized of this. Well, I mean, we're talking about Carrie here, Ella. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm already deep into the, like, <laughs> do I need to go and take a cold shower and tell God I'm sorry for touching myself? It's okay. God loves you. <laughs> If you're sorry. <laughs> so, I'm never sorry. <laughs> when Sissy Spacek was preparing for her role, she isolated herself from the ensemble cast, decorated her dressing room in heavy religious icono- iconography, and studied Gustave Dora's Ill- illustrated Bible. She had studied the body languages of people being stoned for their sins and started and ended every scene doing one of those positions. Wow. All right, Sissy Spacek. Method actress. Yeah, seriously, get it, get it. That's terrifying, but get it. And uh, 
this was one that, so, like, when we, when Emily and I watched it, she noticed the creepy, you know, the creepy Jesus statue that she has in her closet. Her Those, oh, the crying closet. blood yeah. ones? The eyes really, really creeped me out. Yeah. Those eyes were creepy. Because yeah. they were just, like, the only things that, like, lit up. They, like, glowed. Yeah. Ugh. But, but, yeah. You had, she had made the comment of, huh, there's arrows in him. Why are there arrows that should be... Um, he was nailed to he the was cross and the just cross. stabbed under the rib. Yeah, because the lance of the longinus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In Carrie's house, the religious statue that uh, the arrows or, or that the arrows are in is supposed to be Saint Sebastian, not Jesus Christ. Huh. Yes. So I'm a bad Catholic for not recognizing that. <laughs> I've already accepted that and moved on with my life. Thank well, you very much. What is Saint Sebastian the saint of? I'm a bad Catholic and don't know. <laughs> Um, all I know is... Uh, we have Google. We have Google for the middle of this podcast. We have patron saints for everything. We do. Know? There's a patron saint of cats. I got it, Ash. Okay. Like, I've looked up Saint Emily, and she's everything I am not. <laughs> yeah, she's the patron saint of, uh, I think, conception or motherhood or something. They tied <laughs> him to a tree, shot him with arrows, though he did not die. Of course not. <laughs> saints never die. They just ascend. They just talk about what he's... What are you the saint of? <laughs> I don't care what you are or what? how you die. Let's check Saint Sebastian. Patronage soldiers, plague-stricken archers, holy Christian death. I think that's kind of insult to injury to be the patron saint of archers when you've been skewered like a pincushion. Right. Athletes, <laughs> Roman Catholics. <laughs> You're the patient scene of Roman Catholics. Okay. Wait, and there's something to do with LGBTQ? What? But, so, now my question is, what does this have to do with Katie? Wait, 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 mm. everybody hold. Okay. Okay. Saint, this is, this is via Wikipedia. Oh, God. Saint Sebastian is a long-standing gay icon. Okay. The combination of his strong, shirtless physique. I mean, so the symbols Jesus. of the arrows <laughs> penetrating his body. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and the look of his face in rapturous pain. I beg your pardon. I've intrigued artists, gay and otherwise. The <laughs> no, they're all <laughs> Began with an explicitly gay cult in the 19th century. Oh, my goodness. Contemporary gay men have seen Sebastian at once a stunning advertisement for homosexuality desire uh, and their prototypical portray of the tortured gay closet case. I, I guess. <laughs> Again, what does that have to do with Carrie? Yeah. She was gay! <laughs> okay, well then. Well, I'm guessing that maybe, I don't know, maybe they like they didn't realize it until... I realized until right this second that St. Sebastian was in any way associated with gay culture. Well, and I've been in gay culture. I mean, a part of me now wonders if maybe they just found this creepy statue at, like, a, a, <laughs> it's, it's, that's uh, a, a yard sale or something. What's the film where they go down to the basement, Ash, with the lights out? Yeah, lights out. All the where creepy the, mannequins. Where the, and lights out. The house just had creepy mannequins. Okay. So like, like, it literally... Like, they were, they were scouting for, um, you know, houses or whatever, mm-hmm. and the reason why they picked this house was because whoever owned it kept burned up, dismantled, partially, 
partially assembled mannequins. Well, that's very convenient. That saves money on props. So maybe they found this house and it had the creepy thingy. I guess so. Maybe or it, it could have, you know, it could have been like some um, old bear's house. Or it could have been a Halloween situation. It could have been where they're like, "Shit, we need a a, ma- a thingy. We need a a no, Jesus going, statue." Like, it was secretly like an old Catholic bear <laughs> that was that had a had his gaze. You know, maybe La Paula took one look at it. Was like, eh, no one's gonna realize that's not Jesus. Okay, no, <laughs> it's probably more accurate. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, I was watching this movie with like the Catholic mode on, going, mm-hmm. "Wait a minute, Jesus didn't have arrows. <laughs> like, what version? No. What is this? No. What is this? What is that? What is this? I don't. <laughs> I don't believe it. Yeah. All right. Any other random facts of randomness? Um, oh, the name of the school is Bates High. That is a reference to Norman Bates from Psycho, oh, so as well as the four violin note theme used over the um, over used over and over throughout the film. Huh. Yeah. Good on you. Yep. And uh, I mean, you know, like we all know that like there's also a Carrie musical. Nineteen eighty-eight. Year I was born. You were all born. You were 88 too, right? Isa. Oh, you were Isa, my bad. Yep, there's a Carrie musical. Nope. 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 I don't know if it did well. Nope. No. I, I've never actually, like, the only time I've actually heard any of the music from it was when I was watching My Guilty Pleasure of Riverdale. Because they did a, yet another Stephen King reference in Riverdale because it's a why not. It? Yeah, there's, like, so many Stephen King references in Reveal. It's kind of crazy. But, of course, only I would notice them because it's horror true. and Stephen King. Um, but they actually do an episode where they do the Carrie musical. Alrighty! I suddenly watch the show. <laughs> um, but I guess we're going to start off with you, Emily. Okay. So, we do... Oh, actually, I actually oh. had a question. Um, Emily had brought this up when we were watching the film about, like... You know, because you knew about the whole, like, Stephen King crazy, weird web of universe. Yes. Yes. How does Carrie go into this web of universe? I was actually going to bring that up. Um, Firestarter is really the main one that she involves. That's the only one she directly involves. She's loosely talked about in The Stand. Okay. And I do not believe she has anything to do with Dark Tower. I did see somewhere that her gravestone is briefly mentioned in the novelization of it hmm. possible it is on my reading list so i when i read it i will let you know it might be like in a passing sentence yeah that i would just have... a, a very short cameo apparently i know like the the big thing is like from carrie to Firestarter. yeah yeah is the big overarching thing is the idea that, like, they're very aggressive with this little girl that's pyrokinetic mm-hmm. because of Carrie. Yeah. Um, so we do a 1 to 5 scale, okay. and then we do our badass bitch moment. Okay. So let's start with you, Em. We'll do your 1 to 5 scale for this My film. 1 to 5 scale as far as, like, are we talking about just scary or overall? You're, you're genuine for the film. Okay, um, I would probably say a solid 3. You know, it solid. had some moments that... Definitely creeped me out and definitely made me go, okay, you know, that's Mm -hmm. pretty legit. But as far as, you know, making me 
like not want to go to sleep at night. Yeah. It didn't it didn't do that for me. So I would say it's a solid three. It's in the middle there. Alright, what about you, Ash? Um, as much as like I said, like, you know, Carrie has always been one of my absolute favorites and it's just like I love the story, I love Carrie herself and it's just it's a great story. I'm also gonna give it a three. Huh. I do love it, but I'm not you know, it's not quite giving it a four, not quite giving it a five. Alright, this is this is the weird episode. Um I'm gonna give it a four. Oh, okay. I never give higher scores. I'm always yeah. the fucking crit- critic. Um, I'm going to give it a four for not just what it did for the time, but what it's still doing for us. Mm-hmm. For a female-led cast. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I don't think we would have ever gotten films like Ginger Snaps, like The Babysitter. True. Mm. Uh, like any of those films without Carrie, and I feel like respect really, really has to be played. For Piper Laurie and Sissy Spacek and how much they put into these roles. Um, and generally just, they they gave so much and they did so much that really was not done before this. I mean, um, you could really say it all began with Carrie, really. Yes, yeah, the, the big feminist horror film movement oh, absolutely. began with it. Um, and what is your badass bitch moment? Oh, you know, I... I would say the most, like, the badass bitch moment would be when she takes out Billy and Chris in the car, when they're driving at her, and yeah. I mean, in the film, when it does that sort of, like, really quick zoom in to her face, like, I was like, oh, shit. No! Where yeah. she's just like, fuck <sighs> And it's just, like, it's such a fucking awesome move for her, because she's done. That bitch is done. Like, she's just like, fucking get out of my life. What about you, Ash? Um... I think I'm actually going to agree with Emily on this one. Um, okay. Just because, you know, it's that final, like, it's that final moment of looking at the person who make, who made fun of you and just, this is your fucking fault. Yep. <sighs> and uh, just out. Bitch slap. Yeah. Into like, that was wall. basically a telekinetic bitch slap to it Chris. Was. Uh, I gotta go with uh, the scene where she throws her mom on the bed while she's making the dress. Oh, yeah. Oh. The entire scene yeah. where she's getting dressed and she's making it. They're all gonna laugh at you. You're all gonna laugh at you. No, they're not. You're showing her dirty pillows. No, I'm not. You're wearing red. No, I'm not. I'm wearing pink. Because, like, I did grow up with a mother that maybe wasn't so religious, but was raised very religious. Mm. And I was the the goth horror fishnet combat boot ripped up red bra showing through a white wife beater girl um i pretty much was what's her name from Waterboy. Hmm. for sure yeah um and i forget the role she had during that time period freeze buck yeah there you go and so i i had a lot of just like are you gonna wear that are you gonna do that and just seeing carrie be like yes Yes, I am. Yes, I am wearing this. Yes, I am doing this. No, you're not stopping me. Please, fuck off. Mm-hmm. Was so just like, dear mom. Yeah. Tell that mom. Exactly. Ooh. Well, yeah. Honey, you just grew your ovaries, didn't you? You did. So I know this isn't normally something that we do do, but I was also do do. <laughs> All right. We voodoo do do. Um, voodoo that you do do. I was looking up an idea for a name. For our, oh, our guest star. We're we don't have, this. Yeah, we don't have, oh, get, right, like, she doesn't have the name. Yeah, so what are we going with? Emily Grimm. I like it. I like M. Grimm. M. Grimm. M. Grimm. M. Grimm. It sounds like a, a horror author. It does. So we, on 
You're our very first guest episode on your very first episode. We dub the M Grim. I feel so honored. Thank you. <laughs> oh, we it was such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Uh, we have decided uh, M here as uh, birthdays actually. On Halloween. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for our big Halloween episode, we will actually be having M back Yay. to discuss another Stephen King. Would you like to announce what we're going to do? We are going to discuss both the Stanley Kubrick Shining and the miniseries, I believe. Yep. We will be, we will have a giant two hour long Halloween shine fest. <laughs> Which is great because I Love The Shining so much. And, of much. course, with Dr. Sleep coming out, too. Oh, exactly. Oh, I'm so looking I'm, I'm reading. That. I'm reading it right now. It's fucking great. Uh, um, next week, we will be doing uh, It Chapter 2. Oh, so excited. And uh, on that episode, you'll actually be able to hear from both Ash's soon-to-be hubby, Chris, <laughs> and my dearly departed husband, He's not dead. I'm just making jokes that he. Um, and after next week's episode, we will be taking a month off because Ash is getting married. Got some nuptials to get through. I keep saying this film, ready or not. You're sure Chris's family is going to try and kill you like the night of the wedding? Not positive. All right, I'm gonna hang around. I mean, they love me, but. I don't know. I'm they're kind of Irish. Scared. I think they're gonna be too busy partying. That's true. I they still do might party put like a hard. tracker on her. Maybe. <laughs> just, just we'll 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 keep checking in on you. Yeah, okay. we got this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, we have a special guest. So let's, let's do have, it the old fashioned way. Yeah. Let's have her uh, do our our outro with us. Yeah. Good. Bad. We're the girls with the mic. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm so happy you got that before I pressed the button. She's such a good little promoter. <laughs> so good. Yes, she is.